to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Austin might have fucked to knock his wife. But just saying no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to this week's episode of Drunk Wrestling History. I'm the designated host. My name is Adam. Uh... A year and a half in, we should know that by now. You should also know that what makes the show go around are our legendary, great American drunk wrestling historians. <laughs> this is Eddie. Step off. I'm doing the hump. And this is Scott, educating the masses one drink at a time. All right. We got a pay-per-view uh, review episode coming up for you. You got a lot of entertainment planned uh, to make the discussion uh, flow a little better. We need some sustenance in us. What do you guys have for this show? I'm drinking a uh, another one of my home brews that we actually just named during our uh, Survivor Series episode. It, it is now called Bad News Brown because it was bad news when it didn't come out as a uh, stout and it came out as a brown. Perfect. I am sticking with blackened in water. So kudos to the Metallica whiskey, a little bit of water, it's doing the job. So cheers, fellas. Salud. I got some Sioux City root beer. Thank you, Total Wine and More. All right. Uh, let's see. We didn't have any other notes uh, for for this one. Just jump into it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm ready yeah. to go. Uh, I want to say, right um, we... say hi to ABC Workout. But other than that, we do want to say hi. Yeah, I said hi. Why would you do that? I'm more into ATM workout. But I don't want to right. talk about that. <laughs> right. Well, previously you were into the BBC workout and now you've moved into the ATM workout. So, okay. It's good to change it up, dude. Yeah, exactly. Variety is the spice of life. Absolutely. <laughs> we are such class here at uh, Drunk Wrestling History. Always keeping it classy. Yeah. Okay, let's start the show. We are taking this back to the year of our Lord, 1991. So, this show, we have an opening match where someone could die. We got match, <laughs> we got match stipulations with plenty of... That's why we're watching this show. plenty of rules being explained. We have many title holders wrestling without putting their titles on the line. It must be a WCW show that we're reviewing. <laughs> we're heading over to the Baltimore Arena for the Great American Bash. <laughs> for the record, we're only watching this pay-per-view because I told Eddie, we were talking about scaffold matches, and I was like, dude, have you ever seen the scaffold match where PN News was on top of the scaffold? That's... And you go, who the fuck is PN News? No, 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 that's not what happened. We had watched... Um... Halloween ha- was it Halloween Havoc the PN News was Halloween on? Havoc I'd never seen PN News before and I suddenly became fascinated by him 
And then you were like, dude, just so you know, he did a scaffold match at Great American Bash 91. And I was like, oh my fucking God. And that went straight. I keep a list in my phone of like episode ideas. That went straight to the list, to the top of my pay-per-view review list. Well, it's an intriguing thought, right? Like PN News, if, if the listeners are not familiar with who PN News is, he was essentially like a 350 to 400 pounder that was dressed in neon colors and was rack, like think heavy yeah. D. Heavy like D. think heavy D, but like as a wrestler. <laughs> a heavy D but a worse rapper. <laughs> right. But then in a scaffold match where you're above the ring like 20 feet. And let's not forget that Jim Cornette smashed both of his kneecaps in a scaffold match. So then the thought of a 400 pounder on top of a scaffold becomes really intriguing. Like this is much watch television. Right, so we'll just go straight into the match. Uh, um, did you even? Do you even? Did you I, even say who was in the match? Yet, uh, we haven't even started covering the show yet. I just, yeah. It doesn't even matter who else is in this um, match, right? Let, PN News is in this uh, match. Also, to backtrack on that, you said that you were so intrigued by PN News. Still, not as much as Van Hammer when we did that episode. Absolutely, yeah. and no. I, Van Hammer's my fucking guy. It, right, and I want to point out too. Eddie Martin sent me a text message. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something to the effect of, thank you for introducing me to Van Hammer and PN News. <laughs> this actually came from Eddie Martin himself. Yes, it did. All right. He loves them. All right. So first <laughs> off, again, this, we are in Baltimore. Uh, let's see. All right. So pre-show, uh, instead of like a montage or uh, graphics or crap like that. We have a first-person uh, camera view uh, going outside from it uh, into the arena. I want to point out everybody. Although, oh yeah, they, like like yeah. The, the guy with the camera buys a ticket to yeah. get in. Yes, right. It was so great. Everybody outside, all the fans that are still waiting to get in, they are pumped. They are excited. They are energetic. Once he once the camera enters the arena, everybody inside couldn't be more disappointed. <laughs> Or or looks <laughs> or looks looks so distraught for why is this camera walking through here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then then he has to camera person has to get a ticket. Can't just walk through. Got to get a ticket. And yeah, apparently he has no credentials the, on himself. There was one, please. There was only one person that was energetic. That was right after getting the ticket. After walking down the ramp, then he has to wait behind three people while the ticket taker gets to that camera person. And I'd like to get some Soundgarden exactly. tickets, please. <laughs> Shit. And then camera person if walks any, into if a. If black anyone curtain. gets that joke, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's your intro. Uh, can't. Uh, once you get into the arena itself, you could hear that there are fireworks going off, which the camera did not catch. So, great start to WCW visuals. And ring announcer welcomes everyone to the Great American Bash. That's a hell of- And the scaffold is already yes. set up in the ring. And the scaffold looks like a, a major OSHA violation, too. Like, that oh, thing dude. looks like it's about to topple at any, at any second. And they're about to throw a 400-pounder on top of it. <laughs> With three other people. Which, oh, yeah. yeah. The, like I said, must Which, watch Which, by television. the way, our opening match, it is a capture-the-flag scaffold match between PN News and Beautiful Bobby taking on with the company of Lady Blossom, 
Terrence Taylor and stunning Steve Austin. You know, that tag team that is post-Rooster, but pre-Rattlesnake. That team. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny. I think when you told me about this match, it was funny to me that PN News was even in a match with Stone Cold. Right. Like, I was just like, I have to see this. And PN News did, did not disappoint, dude. He comes out in that neon. He looked like a fucking Easter egg. And then he looked like King Kong scaling the side of the fucking scaffold, like King Kong scaling the Empire State Building. Yeah, he looked like, yeah, he's like Humpty Dumpty climbing up that fucking thing. Oh, dude. Yeah, you're just hoping, like, there is a true OSHA violation and the fucking thing starts falling apart. Like, pieces of metal just falling off of it. <laughs> right, they all get fined. Yeah, um, exactly. So I was Well, thinking- you know, it doesn't have a good track record because in the very first scaffold match that was shown on Starcade. Uh, Road Warriors versus Midnight Express, one of the metal bars at the very top of the scaffold wasn't secured. Oh, fuck. And had not Hawk had himself braced when he grabbed onto it, if you go back and watch it, you'll notice that he grabs one of the railings and it just snaps off. Shit. Oh, my God. Had he not been supporting himself some other way, he would have fallen 20 feet before the match even started. So this thing already has a horrible track record. And then you're throwing, what, between the four of these guys, got to be, what, 900 pounds, 1,000 pounds? Up on top oh, of this th- thing? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be close to a thousand. A thousand. It's got to be over a thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. has to be. It has oh, to yeah, be. Yeah, so, yeah. so your traditional scaffold match, and I'll be perfectly honest here. In 1986, when they did the first scaffold match, oh, dude, that you had to see that. But then you go back and you watch it and you're like, uh, this kind of sucks because on paper, it sounds fantastic. In execution. Execution. Because you're going to see a murder. You're hoping to see one, and granted, Jim Cornette, that was a huge payoff in the first one, blew right. out both of his knee cra- kneecaps when uh, Bubba Rogers missed him. Yeah. But, dude, ultimately, the execution of the match itself, like you said, Adam, just not there. The expectation way exceeds the payoff. It's got to be the worst concept ever for a match. I can't think it of It really is, dude. Yeah, yes. it's just, because you can't, I don't think there's a way to do a good match. No, there's not, because somebody's going to get hurt. At the end of the day, somebody's and who wants to put themselves at risk? And ultimately, that was what happened in this match. Nobody wanted to lose because to lose, you have to fall off of the scaffold. So they changed it to some stupid capture the flag gimmick. Yeah, like it's paintball or flag football. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So th- this was the first full scaffold match I've ever seen. Like I've never actually because that was you know that was over. WWE didn't do- fuck around with this shit. Oh, hell no. no. Like Vince, Vince was way smarter than that, dude. Yeah, Vince wasn't getting his guys hurt over some nonsense like this that wasn't even going to be Hell good. no. No way. Um, but so it starts out just kind of, they just walk to the middle of the scaffold and start beating on each other. That's um, it. And what can you do on top of the and scaffold? it took a while. Not a lot. You can't throw them to the ropes. Right, you can't hit the ropes. You can't climb anything. No, I mean, you know. It's just a lot of punching. That's it. Yeah. Um, PN News, like he used his size. He mounted um, Terry Taylor, but... <laughs> He didn't mount him like they do in UFC. It was more like a fetish video. <laughs> it was really kind of. It was a little uncomfortable to watch. Right. It was more of a smother. Right. And then really early on, beautiful Bobby gets the flag, and I thought he almost got across all the way across, but he comes back to hit Terry Taylor with the flag. No, <laughs> yeah. He's like we can't end it that soon. Like no, let's just so do some shit. You well, actually he's, hear he's a, swing. You actually do hear a bell, like when he's halfway through. It's just that I think. Nobody announced it, so they just kept doing stuff. Okay, I didn't hear like, that. It, wasn't, that it wasn't a really distinct bell. You really have to listen for it, but there okay. was one. I, I didn't I hear it I don't even know all. if the wrestlers heard the bell. 
uh, it's po- it's very possible. I I think you're, I think you're right. I think they didn't hear it because nobody seemed to know what was going on. He's over there swinging that flag at people like he's trying to break into the Capitol. It was a complete wow disaster. What was going on up there? <laughs> <laughs> And then Stone Cold ended up, he got uh, some hairspray, and he yes. sprayed Pia News with, with it. It was a really, yeah. the, the whole thing was a, I don't know, it was weird. It was a weird ending, weird match. Everything about it was weird. And then they're climbing down, and, <laughs> and the announcers are just talking over it. And um, what those, Terry Taylor fell off the damn thing from like eight feet up, but the announcers yes. don't even, the announcers don't even mention it. <laughs> Nope, like nothing happened. Yeah, like you took this big fall for no reason, like for it to not even be acknowledged. Well, and the funny part was the match had already ended because at some point Bobby Eaton had already crossed over with the flag and the match was over. Yeah. And then all these post-match shenanigans are happening and the announcers still think it's part of the match. I don't even think the announcers knew the match had already ended. I think you might be right, yeah. It was just poor execution and again, ooh, a scaffold match, somebody's going to fall. But when it's capture the flag, that makes it way worse. But even a scaffold match altogether, like, it sounds exciting, and then you watch it, and, ugh, what a letdown. But at least we got to see PN News. We got to see PN News, yes. Yeah. And that was the highlight of the, the entire card, to be yeah. quite honest. What, my takeaway from this, this is, like, this is the Elevation X match from TNA, pretty much. That's it. Oh, yeah, but that would be way more exciting. Also, I want to point out, this was the first appearance of Cocaine. On the pay-per-view. Because Terry Taylor threw powder, or quote-unquote powder, in PN News's face. Did he? I didn't even catch that. Yeah, this was the first appearance of cocaine on wow. the show. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, or, I'm sorry, powder. Powder, <laughs> powder, yeah. Yes. All right, I, yeah, I totally... Well, that's... That's actually funny. <laughs> like, knowing it, what's br- coming up later, that's funny. Yes, as noted. First <laughs> yeah, appearance. I totally wow. missed that. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a lot of fucking dilly-dallying on this yeah. show. Because like after this match, it's like a really long... I guess it was to give them time to take the scaffold yes. down. You're yes, exactly right. Yes, they pan to JR and like Tony, they... Tony Schiavone or... Sorry, let me pronounce it correctly from uh, Drunk Wrestling History Standards. Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Schiavone. My bad. I'm still learning. Um, but do you think they would have showed some video packages or something? But it was just the two of them sitting at the desk talking and announcing the matches. It was just kind of... It came off just... That was awkward. Yeah. Yeah. They're just riffing. Yeah. Yeah. But then they mention, um, I'm watching, I'm thinking it must suck to be at the show. Like maybe this match should have gone on last for this reason. Cause you don't have to watch them tear the thing down. But then they mention Elegante. So now I'm excited about the show. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, no Van Hammer. That was kind of a I disappointment. Know. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, you can't have everything on one show. Exactly. PN exactly. News, Elegante, and Van Hammer might have been more like a handle. <laughs> exactly. You got to spread it out, dude. You yeah. got to spread it out. Right. Right. So uh, they go to Eric Bischoff, who's interviewing Polly Dangerously and Arn Anderson. Uh, I think just to build on the whole concept, uh, they want to do some interviews or just something to buy time so that they could knock down the scaffolds. Uh, they did this to the side of the ramp, and it looked like they were pretty close up. So, yeah, I don't think they could have done this interview any closer to the scaffolds being taken down. Like, uh, there probably wasn't any room backstage to do this interview. They had to do it as close as possible. So, yeah, just it was just interesting to point out. And neither of them were wearing a hard hat, so OSHA violation there number two. Go. 
Exactly. Exactly. But is there a Disgusting. good spot to put a scaffold match in the card if you're going to assemble slash disassemble it? I guess this is the best they could have done. But what I want to note is that at Starcade 86, they actually just left the scaffold up the entire time. Well, that would be fine because you could shoot around it, actually, because it's so tall. You could actually... Exactly. Um, yeah, if you if you stayed uh, tied enough on the ring, you'd never see it. So that would have been... Yeah, exactly. And I don't know why they had to take the thing down. Like, it was such a break in the show. Like, you have this awful match to lead off. And then you kill yeah. 15 minutes just bullshitting because you're trying to take the thing down. It, it was a really weird start and then stall to the entire show. Yeah, it really did. It kind of broke the rhythm of the show. It's kind of like, you know, like like you're saying, they could leave it up. Like, War Games... They don't build the second mat, the second ring exactly. during the show or tear it down. Yes. They just leave it there. They just alternate. And they just yep. kind of shoot. Yeah, they shoot to where you don't really notice it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Big fuck up. Huge, dude. Huge. Bad call on their part. Huge. But it was WCW. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that interview takes place. We have our next match of the night. It would be Diamond Stud, accompanied by DDP, taking on the Z-Man. Well, good old with Diamond a, Stud from yeah, with Pawn a lot Shop of women in Reno. involved in this match. What's that? A lot of women involved in this match. Right. So that's like the first thing I have in my notes. So because DDP has a chick from like she looks like she's from a poison video. She takes off Diamond Stud's clothes. Right. Um, then Z Man comes out with like a harem of chicks. Like he's you know like he's a I don't know Snoop Dogg at the, the twenty five Battle Royal. Yeah, he's a regular Larry Flint. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, also, I'm watching, I'm thinking, imagine having a talent like Scott Hall and fucking it up. Well, he wasn't Scott Hall, right? He was Diamond Stud, who I believe was first cousin to Big John Stud from the great Stud family. Is that true? No. That's okay. True. It was totally Scott Hall. It was Razor Ramon. No, no, I know it's Scott Hall, but I was like, was that like a storyline thing? No, I just made that up okay, on the fly like, and you well, believe it. You know, like the giant was Andre's son or whatever. <laughs> Yes. Actually, WCW should just have gone with that, dude. People would still believe it today. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's John Studd's first cousin, the Diamond Stud. Yeah, right. Uh, then Sounds was believable. The, then uh, the second thing I thought was Z-Man is the worst name ever. But oh, he's great. Worst. But he's great for the wrestler name game. That is true. He gives you a Z. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not Zabisco. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I don't even want to I don't even want to say his name. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great Hall of Fame speech. How do you put a Z before a B? Um, Practice. <laughs> Z-Man jumps him, uh, jumps Diamond Stud before the match, and they brawl outside. Um, and then they kind of just get in the ring. It was kind of a standard match. There wasn't a whole lot to it. DDP ends up getting his ass kicked. He took a terrible fall out of the ring. And um, Diamond Stud hit a pretty cool belly to back uh, with a bridge for the win. Right. But it wasn't much of the match, but I actually thought it was a pretty cool match. It would have been... It, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It would have been a good match for regular TV. I don't know. Or it would have been a solid opener instead of the scaffold match. There you go. Yeah, give it... You know what? Give it three more minutes and have that be the yes. opener. Because it was... I mean, exactly. it was nothing special, but it was good. Yep. Mm -hmm. Agree. Yeah. And you kind of see... It did its job. Yeah. And actually, Z-Man was really good. He was good in the ring. And you really could see how good Scott Hall was even that early on. You know, well, Scott, had, he had already gone through the AWA territory. That's he had true. been a tag team champion there. Like he was a well-established guy. Like this yeah, he was just kind of a stop. Yeah, exactly. This was kind of a stopgap until he found like the next big thing for himself. We all know what that was. Right. Cocaine. 
and booze. Damn. All right. Uh, I have a few notes on this. DDP intros uh, stood as Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal. Just want to point out that diamonds are not metallic. <laughs> um, let's see. Hmm. Stud- but the settings can be. This is true. I I mean I don't buy my own diamonds, so what do, what do I know? I'm 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 not at that point of getting a ring for someone. See Valentine's Day episodes with empty seat wife. Uh, Valentine's Day episodes one and two. Come on, rule of threes. Our rule of threes. Come on, I got gotta have one next year. Uh, Stud and Z-Man look like they tried to sew their own names to their trunks. <laughs> <laughs> And Shivani calls it the throat slam. <laughs> he, did, he did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, those those are just the <laughs> details that uh, that stood out during the match. I wasn't paying attention uh, because what I really was doing was something that Eric Bischoff pointed out in the interview segment before this. It was that the Orioles pitched a no hitter the previous day because this uh, show was in Maryland that would be a combined no hitter against the A's in Oakland it would be the last one that the franchise would throw as of this recording they have been no hit three times since interesting who were the pitchers that day for the Orioles uh, I could look it up I think there were four to six you don't six. have to it's okay it, but it Oh wow! It was so a it was combined. A combined it effort, was a combined just, no hitter. Okay, but it was it. But gotcha. it wow. was just a few Bart stops away from where where we are. Yep. Fun fact: two two stops away. Just depending on where we're all located. Well, <laughs> who's asking, Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> Next match that we got is, and I can't believe this was his gimmick. We got I hate this we got so much. Oz with the Great Wizard taking on the All American Ron Simmons. Why does Nash have to take his mask off, but the manager gets to keep his on? Uh, Matt, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that was weird because I <laughs> he's walking to the well. First of all, his entrance was kind of cool. The back because they put a whole big backdrop that looks like a castle. castle but then they opened the door. Yeah. Then they opened the door and it looked and it shitty. was a curtain. The door right. was a curtain. It yeah, was a curtain. it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he t- so they hold the, they do the whole big entrance with the big backdrop. Like they spent some money on that shit. Walk him down to the ring. It was really dramatic and lit. And then they have him take his mask off with his back facing with his back facing the hard camera. Yes, and his hair flocked gray. And I was gonna say that. I was like, damn, did he have gray hair that early on? No. No, it was a precursor. It was, was that almost fake? a prediction? I mean, was it? Are you sure? Like that wasn't real gray hair? That was the gimmick. There's no way hair? that was real, dude. Like Diesel was still super young then. There's no way he had a full head of gray hair. That doesn't mean anything. I, are dude, you sure? Dude, Anderson Cooper. Full... Yeah. In '91, though, dude. No, he was hell of young. There's no way, dude. I know fools who went bald when they were like 21. But dude, even in WCW, was he coloring his hair that long? Because Nash started to go gray. Probably around 99 in WCW. So that would have been eight years after this match. Or did he start to let himself go gray? You understand? I mean, it's possible. But, dude, that was a full head of gray hair. I'm going to say yeah. it was flocked. Okay. You might be right. I, I mean, there's. I would have to ask him at a signing or something. But, dude, there's no way he was that gray in 1991. No way. 
That's poor genetics, dude, if that was fucking all gray in 91. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I don't know. Or maybe that's why they picked him for the Oz gimmick. Who knows? Yeah, right. Also, also interesting. A castle curtain was used for the entrance. Last time I checked, the Wizard of Oz doesn't live in a castle. No, he lives in Emerald (laughs) City. Like, he has an entire city. He's not a bitch with just a castle. I mean, was anybody else hoping Ron Simmons was coming down to the ring to kill this gimmick? (laughs) Actually, actually, Yeah, yeah, because Ron Simmons, like... As the pure athlete, uh, as he is going into it, I was hoping he could fuck this one or fuck up uh, the character of Oz. Yeah, yes, well, I was too. Well, like the last match, I thought, imagine having Kevin Nash and fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, TNA? Stop it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I noticed during this match, there's a baby in the front row, which I thought was interesting. Someone brought a baby to see this. Hmm. Did you notice that the referee looked like Harry Reams? <laughs> I don't even remember what Harry Reams looks like. Yes, you do. Not Stop his face. <laughs> <laughs> well played, dude. <laughs> oh, you fucking killed me with that one, dude. Nice job. Well played. Um, <laughs> the match sucked, dude. And I think the I think I think there was one crowd mic, and it was right next to the guy who was yelling "boring." <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah, that I was actually, the same mic next to the people in the main event chanting, we want flair. Yeah, same right, mic. right. I actually wrote in my notes, this match is as good as I expected from Nash. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was Especially kinda, at this stage of his career. Super green like his tights, dude. Yeah, and it was, yeah. And it was your typical baby face heel, or it was a Hogan match. You know, Nash got heat on, yes. on Simmons the whole time, and then Simmons came back with, uh, I think he won with a shoulder block. He won block, with a shoulder block. He did. It, yeah, it was a quick out comeback. Of, and a out win. of a football three-point stance, he hits a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Cla- Cla- yeah Clobbers match. the great wizard and then uh, hits a shoulder block and uh, gets the dub. Did right. anybody else notice that the great wizard was wearing sweatpants? Oh, shoot. No. No. <laughs> There's that. There's one point when Ron Simmons is outside the ring and the great wizard goes to deliver a kick to him. He's wearing fucking gray sweatpants. This motherfucker couldn't even put on nice clothes underneath his wizard robe. I mean, he's, he's wearing up fucking just, sweatpants. He's given up and decided to go comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's questioning all of his. Who he's was questioning the, his potion training and magic because he was able to produce te- Kevin Nash, not 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 yes. an actual Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Do you know who the wizard was? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know who it was. All right. Well, hit us up at. Uh, wrestling underscore drunk on Twitter and let us know who the wizard was because I'm totally going to forget to look this up on Wikipedia. <laughs> me too. I will not remember this. Adam, you're in charge of looking it up, but I, I wouldn't blame you if you forgot. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll take care of it right after a quick note. Uh, I'll, going back to the entrance, uh, Oz's entrance is a knockoff of Another One Bites the Dust. What? I mean, the, the, music, the music, yeah. Is this true? That's what it sounds, or at least on the network, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. Oh... Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. So after this, Jr. and another one rides the bus. <laughs> <laughs> that that's uh, music hierarchy there. Uh, yeah. We got Jr. and uh, Tony going over the WCW top ten because super intriguing. By the way, like it was fun to watch a top yeah. ten from '91. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean Letterman does it all the time. Why shouldn't WCW? Right, exactly. And for the record, this was July, or maybe it was June. 
June or July of 91? July. July, thank you. Yeah. Uh, But right after that, we've got Robert Gibson taking on Richard Morton, uh, accompanied by Alexandra York of the York Foundation. I have the top ten list if anybody is interested. I actually wrote it down. Please. Yeah, go for it. Coming in at number ten, Johnny B. Bad. Number nine, Ron Simmons. Number eight, Diamond Stud. Number seven, El Gigante. (laughs) How... Is El Gigante ahead of Scott Hall and Ron Simmons, or even Johnny fucking B. Bad? Wasn't Ron Simmons champion like this year? No, Simmons became world champion in '93. He had been a tag oh, team champion okay. in '90, but he didn't become a world champion until '93. Okay. El fucking Gigante. <laughs> that was number seven. Six is Arn Anderson. Go ahead. Five, Bobby Eaton. Four. Stunning Steve Austin. Three is Sting. Two is Wyndham. And one is Luger. Okay. That tells you the roster of WCW in July of 91. The Elegante was better than everyone but six. Right. And we'll <laughs> see how that match goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the match that I said was after this? Okay. Gibson, Gibson and, and Morton. Gibson and Morton. York Foundation. York Foundation. Uh, they immediately start trading blows. Also, mm-hmm. when uh, Richard Morton takes off his jacket upon his entrance, he throws it right at her feet. She could have easily tripped. So WCW are still with uh, keeping everyone safe and uh, standing upright during the show. Yeah, safety first. Exactly. With this WCW. I don't know if it's one of the violations, but still that. I mean, that's just manners. Don't do that. Well, right off the bat, you're looking at the two guys in this match, and I have been watching wrestling forever, as has Ed. And uh, I would put the Rock and Roll Express up there with one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So right off the bat, Ricky versus Robert, you think that this is going to be a great match. And then Alexandra York shows up holding a speak and spell. And you're like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) This is what we get? For fuck's sake. I thought it was an adding machine, and I was like, I guess this was before she could afford a laptop, because she had a laptop at Halloween (laughs) Havoc. But I think you're right. It might be a speaking spell. It's a speaking spell. Or what's dude, that come thing? On. What's that thing where like the thing spins and says something? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I I don't remember the name, but I, I know, know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. With that yeah, arrow, you know, the cord. Yes. Yeah, 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 the like farmer the thing. <laughs> speaking spell. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I like the beginning of this match a lot because I don't know the story, the story behind this at all because I didn't watch WCW. But I can tell that there's huge heat between these two guys. And when, yes. they, when they started off like this, I was like, this is how you work. Like, right away, they're telling me a story. I immediately know. Right away, I know who's the heel, who's the baby face. Yes. I understand there's a very personal issue between the two of them. You know, it was really good. Like, the, the beginning of it was very logical to me. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, well, this is, again, as mentioned, these are this, these two guys, like, the greatest, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Mm-hmm. So Ricky had turned against Robert and had gone with Alexandra York as part of the York Foundation. Okay. So that's where the bad blood is. So that's why immediately right off the bat, you know who the good guy is. You know who the bad guy is. There's the manager involved with her speak and spell. This is going to be a solid match because these guys, as Ric Flair even said, Ricky Morton is one of the greatest workers of all time. Mm-hmm. So you're already expecting a lot out of watching this match. Um, it was as expected. It was a great tag team match. Their finisher was the double drop kick. So I loved that spot towards the end of the match where they're on the ramp outside the ring. Yeah. And they throw a drop kick at each other. Mm-hmm. Like that was very fitting for their finishing move. 
I loved it. I thought this was a very solid match. Um, Ricky really owned most of the match. Yeah. He really worked Robert over, which was very typical of a Rock and Roll Express match because you build up to the hot tag almost. Obviously, this is not a tag match. There's no hot tag, but you're waiting for the big comeback. Right, and they have right? the... So the Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, they're kind of replicating the formula that made them so successful in telling the same exact story in the singles match. Yeah, and he's working his knee. Yes. Which so he'd already busted up his knee. Right, so like you could tell, like obviously, like he'd, he'd fucked his knee up beforehand. Right. Because he's got a knee brace on, and he's, he's getting his, uh, he's tearing the dude's tights to get to the knee brace. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was really perfectly done. I thought actually that part was a tiny bit long. Okay, but you thought that he he went over the beating a little bit too long. Yeah, I th- I thought like he could have made his comeback a little faster. It was just a little okay. just a little too long, like a tad too long, and it could have okay. just been a situation of hey, you guys go out and do fourteen minutes, whatever it was. Um, right, because Jr. and uh, Tony Skiavone didn't kill enough time after the scaffold match. We <laughs> right, need you guys right. to do a couple more minutes. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if I have any criticism whatsoever, it would just be that that the the work in the knee was a tiny bit long. Um. And I, it was a really good match. I actually thought it could have been better if they would have done a little less of that. But I also felt like there had to be a rematch after this, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. It extended out for quite a while. But I, the funny part is, is Ricky Morton has joined the York Foundation, which if you notice with Terrence Taylor, his hair was all slicked back, pulled in a ponytail. computerized man. He was the computerized man. And Ricky Morton is supposed to be so sophisticated. But he shows up in his Rock and Roll Express gear. He's still like right. half of the Rock and Roll Express tag team. He looks exactly like Robert Gibson. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing that separated them to tell you that this is the clear heel in the match, aside from Alexandra York and her speaking spell being at ringside. Right. That was it. That didn't make any sense to me. No, not at all. They never changed his outfit. And I don't know if that was Ricky Morton unwilling to like to move on. To buy new clothes? To get new clothes or even new ring gear, dude. Like He just never fully got into that character and ultimately I never got into it as well. Like I never bought that he officially split from the rock and roll express because every time he had a singles match and that happened to Halloween havoc when he faced Pillman, we covered that Mm -hmm. he was still wearing the rock and roll express gear. So he never separated himself to really make that full heel jump. Right. Yeah. It was really weird. It was very weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I was kind of by the end of the match, I was like, this was really good, and I know these guys could have had a better match, and I guarantee their next one was better. This was just much more about the story of him beating on his knee, you know? Right. Like, that was the story yep. they were telling this time around. But yep. um, it was good. It was really good. It was good. And ultimately, the finish comes. Ricky Morton hits Robert Gibson with the speak and spell. Ricky Morton gets the Duke. <laughs> yep. Also, after the match, somebody threw their tub of popcorn to the ring. What oh, a waste of that. popcorn. How dare they waste the popcorn? And that shit's not cheap, dude. Yeah. I mean, enjoy that buttery goodness. Don't waste it. Um, Also, this just in. (laughs) Uh, The wizard is Kevin Sullivan. Oh, he pulled double duty. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. All right. So this won't be the only thing that we see of Kevin Sullivan in this show. Yeah. (laughs) Lucky us. Hmm. All right. After that, we have a backstage interview with uh, the Young Pistols and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, again, 
Uh, as I mentioned, this is a WCW show, so complicated uh, rules uh, for their matches. The Young Pistols describe it all tough, like it's part of their natural uh, speaking and mockery of the other team. Uh, you taunt them by explaining the rules of the match. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, so this is kind of a Survivor Series match. Did Dustin... Um... Did he he sounded to me like he was imitating Dusty yes. in this promo? Was that a thing he did back oh, then? I don't know. Kind of sorta, yeah. Okay, because I don't remember that when he was in WWE. I didn't really see his early WCW run, but I mean I, I remember his like his WWE run before this, and I don't remember that at all. But I was like, he sounds like he's doing a Dusty impersonation. Well, both of them were in WCW, and that was probably Dustin's best chance of getting over, they thought. I'm sound sure it was. like your dad. Just yeah, just yeah. Yeah. Dad. I mean, obviously the body yeah. styles Yeah. The yeah. body styles didn't match up at all, but you could still kind of cut a promo like yeah. him. So try to sound like your dad. Right. I'm sure yeah. is what they told Either, me. Tra- I think sexual uh, s- sexual Goldust or aggressive Goldust, they were very different than Dusty Talk. Yeah. Oh, very much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Tracy Smothers, <laughs> the Young Pistols, which I still can't believe was a thing. Uh, we're from Wyoming, and Tracy Smother starts talking. And I was like, he does not sound like fucking Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Firebreaker Chip is okay. The Young Pistols are are way too crazy, but Firebreaker Chip and Todd Champion. <laughs> yeah. No, Todd Champ- okay. Todd Champion's a great name. Firebreaker Chip is like a <laughs> like a fucking. It's like an Autobot. I think I said before. It's the, the worst, male stripper. It's one of the worst names. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the worst names I've ever heard, but the Young oh, Pistols, horrible. fuck. Come on. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the Smoking Guns. Oh, the Smoking Guns is way better. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, <laughs> I've never seen Bad Street before. And he comes out in this mask, and I was like, is Bad Street Rick Rude? No. Do you know who Bad Street is? I have no idea who Bad Street is. And that through the entire match, I was looking forward to... to this reveal that never happened. So obviously it was not Rick Rude. Okay. Because you're confusing Bad Street with the Phantom. Well, I'm just thinking Rick Rude's always in a mask. <laughs> in WCW, he was, yes. Yeah, in ECW, he came out with the fucking helmet, the motorcycle helmet. Right. So this Bad Street was Brad Armstrong, who you may know okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. as Road Dog's brother. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes, that was Brad Armstrong, who was a face his entire run, he was part of a tag team with Tim Horner at one point, too. Mm-hmm. Great talent, but he could never work his way up for whatever reason. Always mid-card, lower mid-card, kind of a jobber to the stars. Right. Uh, but they put him in the Bad Street costume, and I thought he was a fucking stud in this match. Yeah, he was, he was moving, good. dude. He was good. He, he was, was really great. Good. Yep. Yeah, he was the best one on his team. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. By the- dude, what was up with the font on Michael Hayes' trunks or tights? I didn't notice it. What was it? Was it like Comic Sans, like The Miz? No, it was Disney. <laughs> How <laughs> dare they? His, his, yeah, on his ass it said Fantasia, and it was in Disney font. I'm like, how did Disney let this slide? I don't know. That's weird. Dude, I, I'm still stumped. I have no, like, because on the back of Jimmy Garvin's tights, it said Freebird in, like, normal font. Which makes sense. On the, yeah, and on the back of Michael Hayes, it said Fantasia in Disney font. <laughs> I have no idea. It is the weirdest fucking thing. You think it was like some kind of inside joke or something? It might have been. It, you know, let's see if Disney comes after us. I don't know, but dude, I, uh, the whole match, 
Like, now I'm looking at Michael Hayes' ass. How it's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> My pants are off. I'm like, how did this happen? How did they not catch this? Because yet, they had Nitro shows outside of uh, MGM Studios at Disney World. X amount of years later. Well, <laughs> yeah, like five years later. Yeah, but it's really weird. I don't know what the deal was with it. But uh, good tag match. Good elimination style match. I thought it was fun. It was good. Yeah, um... I really, I think my favorite part was when um, the dude, the the young pistol dude, takes DDT and gets eliminated, and then um, Michael Hayes immediately backdrops Tracy Smothers over the top and gets eliminated. I thought that was really cool. Just a quick like boom, yeah. boom, two guys are eliminated and it's back to even. Right. Um, and was was the Freebirds manager? Was that Oliver Humperdinck? It was. Okay, I thought so, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, the roadie, Big yeah. Daddy Dink. Yep. Yeah, Big so, Daddy Dink. Yep. Um, but it wasn't. I mean, it was a pretty short match. It gets down to Dustin and Bad Street, and that's when I think we think we're gonna see Bad Street's face. And uh, now that I know it wasn't Rick Rude, I didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> it was uh, not Rick. But Rude. Uh, Dustin hit a pretty cool, a pretty cool move on him. He hit a bulldog on him, but drop kicked Big Daddy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was kind of cool. I like that finish. Yeah, I think it really did the job. It got Dustin over in the match. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked kind of good, except for the smoking guns. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the Michael Hayes pistols or the young pistols. Yeah, the young pistols. <laughs> the Thank shitty you. guns. <laughs> the shitty guns. So, look, I don't want to overlook Michael Hayes' left hand. That motherfucker could throw a punch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, he stuck like three of them in that match. Mm-hmm. And every time I did it, I popped. Yeah. It looked so good. He had such a smooth left. Mm-hmm. He was good. He was good. Michael Hayes was awesome. Yeah. All right. Following match is it's a bounty match for the mask. It is Yellow Dog, accompanied by Man's Best Friend. Uh, he is billed from the Kennel Club, taking on Johnny B. Bad with Teddy Long. Uh, the stipulation was if the if Yellow Dog lost and Mask came off and revealed to be Flying Brian. <laughs> He'd be fired. And there was a so, bounty. Yeah. He was trying. The bounty was to defeat him for the right to take that mask off. Yep. Yep. So what the fuck kind of gimmick is Yellow Dog? And why do we have two matches in a row with secret identities? <laughs> Solid question. Right. Yellow Dog. This is actually the second time it was used. Barry Windham had actually previously used the yellow dog gimmick in the early 80s. Okay. And he was under a mask. And so then it was kind of years year, and years later, they handed it off to Brian Pillman. They're like, hey, use it again. Dusty did something similar in the mid-80s with Midnight Rider, where okay, he wrestled yeah, yeah, under yeah, yeah, a yeah. mask. Yes. And it was clearly Dusty. It was kind of, think the machines with Andre the, hiding right, under a mask. Machine. Or Mr. Or, America. Or Mr. America, exactly. You know who it is under the mask, but unless they get unmasked and it's proven, then you can't do anything about it. That was this match, and that explains the whole bounty thing. Okay. Um, Vlad was there in the crowd. I have that? that in my notes, too. And yep. this is when we learned Vlad is a fucking traitor. Yes, he played both sides. Yeah, and kind of early on in the match, the uh, pitcher cuts out, so I was like, I guess the original tape must have been fucked. Yeah, that was Vlad actually trying to to scrub history that he was not at a WCW show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got the wrong part of the tape. He failed. Um, Johnny B. Bad called a spot in the corner, and it was the most obvious spot calling I've ever seen in my life. 
<laughs> really? I missed that. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but I know he was a rookie. Um, He had a sunset flip off the top rope that was perfect. And really he had good. actually botched that months later at Halloween Havoc. That's right, he did. Almost killed himself, but yeah. he hit it at this show. But yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. For a rookie, you could see like kind of past the makeup and everything. You could see past the character he's portraying. Mm-hmm. There was somebody really talented under that whole gimmick, and it, it started to show. You yeah. can even see it this early. Right, right. Um, eventually, at the end, um, Johnny Bad knocks him out. Well, Teddy Long tries to get in and goes for his mask, but then Johnny Bad knocks him out. But he doesn't go to take his mask off like an idiot. Yeah, you could have gotten cash money. Right, dumb, dumb finish. It made no sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it ends up being a DQ and just kind of a throwaway match. Right, yeah. So after that, you have Bischoff at Missy Hyatt's dressing room. Oh my god! Whose assistant reads a note from the heel from the Wonder Years? Is she was she fucking that guy? I think so. Okay, and he then he tried to inter- along with most of New Jersey though. So that's Oof. let's throw All that right. in there. Then he tried to interview her in the shower, and I was wondering how you handled that part. Well, uh, my goodness. <laughs> And it was Bischoff of all people. Like, hopefully that's his Hall of Fame introduction video. Is him in the fucking shower trying to interview Missy Hyatt. Which, by the way, as of this episode, it was just announced two days ago. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Did you you know that Shotzi Blackheart used to be called Missy Hyatt's shit? (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. She wrestled under that name. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad she went with Shotzi Blackheart. Way better. Yeah, totally. Shotzi fits her way better. Oh, you know, oh. that sound, uh, it's time for our last call for uh, getting notes in, but I uh, think uh, we're getting into a home stretch for this show, so still... Well, we got a, we got a few matches left, so I think this episode's going a few yeah. minutes long. Yeah, let's skip the part where Bischoff was running around the shower with his dick out chasing Missy Hyatt. Let's get to the next match. Yeah, That's the best yeah part we've, of the show, we've already right. covered how weird that is. Uh, so we've yes. got a lumberjack match between Big Josh and Black Blood. So I've never heard of Black. <laughs> I've never heard of Black Blood. Black Blood. <laughs> yeah. From a from a little village in France. You ever heard of a little village axe. in France? And they and the announcer announced Black Blood with Kevin Sullivan. I didn't see yes. Kevin Sullivan. He did not show up because yeah, he came he out did. with Oz earlier, see? Yeah, I don't know if the announcer he, fucked up or what. He was still de-aging um, uh, from that match. <laughs> yeah, he was still taking his sweatpants <laughs> off from being the yeah. Grand Wizard or whatever um, the fuck he was called. But it was a cool match because PN News is back and he's in a fanny pack now. <laughs> Which yes. was the highlight of the pay-per-view for me, if I can be honest. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering who Black Blood is. Do you know who Black Blood was? That was Billy Jack Haynes. Which is hilarious because Big Josh is Billy Jack Haynes. What? You know what I mean? Like when I see Big Josh, I think Billy Jack Haynes. Like he's oh, a you lump- think Billy Jack? Okay, yeah, like he's see, a I see Jack, Big Josh, like- and I think this is the guy that originated jorts. <laughs> I guess yeah. I Way guess before so. Cena. Yeah, that's true. But he, but he rolls his up, and he wears. But he, he also wears the flannel, and like I don't know. He just to me looks like I picture Billy Jack Haynes being a lumberjack after retiring. Right. Um, right. And Big Josh, really and uh, Big Josh really should have come out to the Lumberjack song from Monty Python. <laughs> it would have been so good. You know the one I was singing a couple weeks ago when I was shit-faced when you guys came over? <laughs> you sang a lot that night. I always, That was a wild night. 
Um, I haven't seen you throw up in so long. Huh? You threw up that night. No, I didn't. You did. Are you sure? Carissa didn't tell me that. Yeah, we helped you to the backyard, and then we left so you could vomit. Wait, you left so I could vomit? I don't think I threw up then. We went back inside, and you were on the side of the house, like, handling your business. All right, I got to talk to her about that, because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, we kind of went back inside, because you were in rough shape. But aside from that... It happens. It does happen. Um, We've all been there. uh, Richard Morton took a choke slam on the floor from Junkyard Dog, which was pretty cool. Uh, Correction, it's a throat slam. (laughs) Oh, throat (laughs) slam. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Then Black Blood was going to execute... Uh, Big Josh with his axe. He was going to decapitate him, yes. Yeah, but then Dustin got involved, and then Big Josh won by a roll-up. Correct. Yeah, he hit him with the uh, axe handle, saving Big Josh from being decapitated. (laughs) From certain death. Right. (laughs) Holy shit, we still have a lot of this show to go through. Yeah, but the rest of the matches are kind of... Okay, we could speed through those? Yeah, let's go, Adam. All right, uh... We got one. We got more. One more episode. It's to do the tonight. battle of the giants, one man gang with Kevin Sullivan uh, taking on El Gigante with, uh, I guess, the Munchkins from Oz that uh, were still around the castle. <laughs> right. So gang is on a leash, and Gigante has midgets. And I just put in my notes. What the fuck am I watching? Well, I thought Gigante came out with midgets because he was indicating to the crowd this is going to be a short match. Wait, Kevin Sullivan looked like Adrian Street. Oh, he looks awful. Kevin Sullivan always looked awful. And I can't believe that guy had such a long career with that shit ass gimmick. I'd never liked Kevin Sullivan. It's crazy. One man gang looked like Lobo from DC Comics. No, no, no. One man gang looked like fucking Sven Gulli with that face paint. Good point. Yes. Also, real quick. Yes. uh, While uh, One Man Gang and Sullivan are entering, Black Blood is still on the ramp, not to the side of the ramp, is still on the ramp exiting. Oh, I noticed that. (laughs) Billy Jack going into business for himself. Um, Really, the best part of this match was JR talking about Elegante having unlimited potential and saying he's just going to get better. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Poor JR having a lie. To the audience at home. Yeah, right, because there's no way he really thought that. Then you had Sullivan doing midget tossing before the match started. (laughs) Yeah. Not one of them was in a Velcro suit. That means it's not okay to do that, Sullivan. The hell's the matter with you? Those are the rules. They are the rules. They're clearly posted everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Gang took a slam off the top rope and just popped right up. He'd like totally go (laughs) Sullivan. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Dude. Um, yeah, then he gets powder from uh from uh Sullivan and he takes forever with it. Fonzie, yeah. the referee, looks right at it. Yeah. Does does nothing. And then he turns around to throw it at Gante. Gante kicked it into his face and it hits a clothesline and pins him. Clothesline yeah, to, to do coke. <laughs> he forced yeah, he forced gang to do coke. Before gang even had a chance to enjoy the coke. <laughs> gang or Gante is kicking it into his face, match over. It was everywhere. So the party was backstage, apparently, after this match. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> That's it for that match. Next one, we have a little video package history uh, uh, leading up to uh, Sting and Nikita Koloff. Uh, just showing their back and forth uh, backstage uh, jumps. Uh, also, he threatened uh, Sting while he was uh, 
with a kid. Mom was in the crowd and the mom had to jump over the ropes. That that's mom of the year right there. Um but but I then agree. we go into a Russian chain match uh with Sting and Nikita Koloff. It's a chain and you got to touch uh the four corners. This match wasn't very good. No, this match sucked and these matches always suck. Like this type of match is not a good match. It's kind of like the no, uh, I quit I, match. No, I disagree, dude. I oh, disagree really? 100%. Yes, go back and watch Starcade 90. With Stan Hansen and Lex Luger, they actually had a um, a strap match or a bull rope match. Okay. And they were tethered to each other way better than this match, But did match, they have dude. to touch the corners? Yes, exactly oh, okay. the same concept, dude. They had to touch all four corners. They put on a hell of a match. It's probably my favorite Luger match. Wow. And then you compare it to this, and you're thinking, okay, Sting and Nikita, that's two legends from the a- uh, NWA. Yeah. They should be able to tear it up. This match sucked, dude. It was really bad. It was short. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the gimmicky finish with Nikita leaping over Sting. And it just could have been way better. You expect more from these two guys that were like NWA flag bearers. Right. This match just wasn't it very good. It seemed like there no, was, was a lot of slack on that chain. So Yeah, there like, was. Like Nikita could have ran across all like, four corners and like not touched Like comparing with uh, bull ropes and other strap matches, those those are yeah. usually shorter, yeah. which is the right concept. If you have to touch the four corners, you really do have to drag a body with you instead of try to find a neutral center space so you don't have to drag as much weight if you're going for all four. But yeah. And then they're doing that awkward, like, bull tangling where they're, like, going across the ropes with each other in a... Uh, uh, a chokehold, like just, and then they're simultaneously touching corners, just shit match. Garbage. I did not care for this at all. Yeah, this was not good, not indicative of what the two guys were capable of. Totally. And why was the Russian nightmare from Lithuania? I have no answers for this. Okay. Uh, high point of the match, or or just this entire sequence is uh, when Sting would put the chain under. Uh, Koloff's legs and pull up because crotch shots are hilarious. Definitely the best. They are. Yeah. Yes. I agree. For sure. And then, uh, I oh, I think it was also in the middle of the match uh, he pulled it in a way that uh, Koloff punched his own balls. So, that... (laughs) So, yeah. Even funnier. Innovate. Stop punching your balls. (laughs) (laughs) The innovation was there. Also, real quick... During the intros for the match, there were full, uh, full-on <laughs> graphics for their names instead of using the regular WCW name bar, as if this was going to be that special. Well, it was supposed to be. It was supposed yeah. to be, quote unquote. Yep, and then it they sold the to us that way. And right. Then they start lowering an unevenly weighted balanced cage with pyro going off. Yes. The cage looks flimsy as fuck. Like OSHA's like rubbing their hands together. <laughs> uh, and then we go into a WCW uh, Heavyweight Championship match, which has been uh, made vacant due to uh, Ric Flair leaving WCW. Thank you, Jim Hurd. Uh, and that yeah. So the belt that uh, is being. Uh, contested for that they had to find it from dusty Rhodes. they got one and i didn't even know this was a thing championship wrestling from florida they grabbed a belt from there 
I mean, I, I just didn't know. And then they put a gold plate that said WCW title because they couldn't get the actual gold belt. And that's what Lex Luger and Barry Windham are competing for. The number one and number two. Yep, they didn't want to pony up the 25K to pay Flair to get that big gold belt back. I thought it was 75K. Oh, was it 75? Okay, yeah. There yeah, you go. I, might, I might be wrong, but that's what I. That's the number I thought. Well, the money they saved by not paying Flair for the belt, they used for the graphics for Nikita and Sting, see? <laughs> and for Oz's, for Oz's stage. <laughs> and Oz, yes, that big curtain, exactly. Yeah, that was a hell of an investment. It really was. <laughs> um, this match was pretty cool. Luger so? hit Luger hit a DDT for a two count. So I thought, was he the guy who ruined the, the DDT? Mm, no, because Michael Hayes had been using it too. Well, Michael Hayes was using it as a finisher though. That's what Maybe I'm saying. Was, was, Luger. He, was he the first guy to use it just as a spot instead of as a I finisher? I think he might have been. Yeah, I'm okay with blaming Luger for that. We blame him for a lot, so fuck <laughs> yeah. it. He's yeah, the we, guy that ruined the DDT too. Yeah, last episode we blamed him for killing Elizabeth. Right. <laughs> right. Ruining the DDT, that's going pretty easy on him. Good point. He also killed the uh, WBF. So, yeah, he killed the DDT as well. <laughs> Vince killed the WBF. <laughs> I blame Luger. <laughs> um, at one point, Luger had Barry Windham in the rack, and Windham kicked off the top rope to escape it and went straight into a belly-to-back suplex. That was so badass. Yeah. Like, was what a cool move. I thought that was so good. Like that's so Barry Windham was awesome. He's so underrated, dude. Totally. Like you, you start pulling up lists of guys, and we've done guys that were never heavyweight champion. Yeah. But you start going over the list of guys that were just underrated their entire careers. Mm-hmm. Barry Windham has to be towards the top of that list. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Right. He was so good. Even you go back and watch his tag team matches with Rotundo when he was in the WWF. So good. When he was headlining 60-minute matches with Flair that would uh, be time-limit draws. So underrated. Never won the title. And it really wasn't until he joined the Horsemen that he kind of took that next step. So it was good to see him getting kind of his time in the spotlight here. But how could you overlook those We Want Flair chants? That's true. Yeah. That sucked for him. I mean, he was finally getting his moment to shine. And granted, it wasn't a buildup for Wyndham and Luger. It was a buildup for Flair and Luger, but still, more respect could have been shown to Wyndham in this from the crowd, but totally. all you heard was, we want Flair, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so eventually Harley and Mr. Hughes come out, Yep, <laughs> which was cool. I did not know Mr. Hughes was going to be on the show. That was pretty, I was happy to see him. Yeah, I mean, you didn't get Van Hammer, but hey, Mr. Hughes, suitable replacement. Yeah, and then um, who won the damn match? That was um, Luger. Oh, it was Luger. Uh, Luger won with the match. a pile right, driver. They with pile driver. They, yeah, they distracted Barry Windham, and he yeah, I got hit with the pile driver. Um, so it was it was the match was okay. It was fine. Yeah, it was. It was, but this was it was an unintentional bait and switch, right? Because you thought you were getting Luger and Flair. That's what the entire card had right. been billed as. Mm-hmm. That's why people were buying into this show. Right. And unfortunately, we all know what happened. Flair signed with WWF. Mm-hmm. WCW did not want to pay Flair for the belt. So they had to basically have Flair on WWF programming with their title. <laughs> and then, as Adam pointed out, they had to go to Florida, put a makeshift belt together, and call that their new championship. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So then the most shocking part of this entire pay-per-view happened. There was another match. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the fireworks that were happening on stage before Luger even arrived to the stage. 
No, I think I missed that. <laughs> so Luger is still working his way to the stage. Okay. You know, the main stage. Right. And fireworks are going off before he even gets there. <laughs> Someone jumped their cue. Vintage <laughs> WCW. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I swear every time we watch one of these old WCW shows, something goes wrong with the production. They're always gold. Yeah. <laughs> this is a constant source of comedy, just grabbing these early 90s WCW pay-per-views. Oh, dude, like, that's the only WCW pay-per-views I want to do, like, the Jim Hurt era. Like, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, we're yes. never, we're never reviewing, like, something with NWO. Or <laughs> <laughs> never say never, no, no, but I would way say too much majority. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love these shows. They're so, they're just such disasters. Right. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, so there's one, one more, more match, match It is a mixed tag team cage match. Between Polly Dangerously and Arn Anderson taking on Missy Hyatt and Rick Steiner. Why the fuck so is this the, match on last? So for the record, this was supposed to be the Steiner brothers and Missy Hyatt versus Barry Windham and Arn Anderson with Polly Dangerously. Okay. Scott Steiner injured his arm. Flair Rick left. Flair jumped ship. Okay. So it made more sense to them just make this a mixed tag team match. Okay, but why didn't why didn't it go on second to last? Why is this the main event? I, dude, honestly, what I have no hell? idea. I don't know why they put this on last. It was incredible. I couldn't. I was like, this is the biggest disaster <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, Missy Hyatt is dressed like PN News in the neon, but with smaller tits. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dick Murdoch comes out and fucking kidnaps her. <laughs> Dick Murdoch and Dick Slater. And Dick Slater, yeah, the two dicks. <laughs> yeah, a couple of dicks come out and <laughs> yeah. grab Missy Hyatt. And do you know why that was? Um, d- d- I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, a couple of dicks want to throw it down, like Eric Bischoff running around backstage in her shower. <laughs> right. So this was actually due to the Maryland State Athletic Commission oh. not allowing mixed matches like this. You Makes couldn't sense. have a dude. Yeah. You couldn't have a dude and a woman in the ring together. They wouldn't allow it. So they got rid of Missy right off the bat. It turns into a handicap match. Well, hang on. That doesn't make sense because they could have just not booked the match. They knew the show was going to be in Maryland. Correct. So I'm sure they had some shenanigans planned originally. And then the flare thing happened. Scott Steiner injures his arm. They're like, well, fuck it. Just whatever. Throw it on last. Nobody's going to remember. Everybody's going to think it was Luger and Wyndham as the main event. Nobody's going to stay tuned. Most people are going to go home before the show's over. The way that was executed was just horrible because Rick Steiner didn't even show concern or try to stop them. He was just uh, in the cage. Oh, he's got, I got a match He was in the cage smiling at uh, Anderson and uh, Pauly. Just like he enjoyed the fact that Missy is gone. I, yeah. He's like, fuck it. Poor poor fucking Arn Anderson. What a horrible horrible tag partner. Yeah. This has to be the worst uh, pay-per-view main event of all time, right? This uh, is worse than Rollins and w- the Fiend in the Cell. No, I would say that maybe Sting and Jeff Hardy at TNA Turning Point. Oh yeah, would probably yeah. be worse. Yeah, but Jeff's entrance was so good. <laughs> it- <laughs> I mean, this was just a disaster, dude. I can't believe they. I can't believe they booked this match. I can't believe they put it on last. I mean, what? A- it's, it's oh. it was just a baffling pay per view from start to finish yeah. from the the fucking scaffold match <laughs> and then the fifteen minute teardown with filler 
Yeah. All the way to the the last match where one of the participants is kidnapped. <laughs> nobody <laughs> tries to help Let's her. Let's point out. Yeah, nobody tries to help her and no updates given on her condition. Just yeah, two yeah, dudes yeah. grabbed her and ran to the back. No, no it's no like updates. when Matilda got kidnapped. Exactly. No, there was probably more concern paid to Matilda than there was Missy Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, all you can do is assume the worst. Right. Well, at least it was a card campaign for Matilda. That's true. Yeah. Missy Hyatt, she wasn't even put on a milk carton. It's like, whatever. <laughs> Jim Kelly will save her. She'll be fine. That was dumb. Um, so Maybe Jason Hervey will jump in. If we didn't learn... Oh, my God. I can't believe you remember that guy's name. Um, if we if we didn't already say it, Rick Steiner hit Paul E with a clothesline and pinned him. Thankfully, it was a short match. It, dude, it was this like, was maybe a four-minute match. Yeah, it was yeah. three, four minutes. Yeah, it was less than yeah. five. Yeah. It, Thankfully. Yeah. One of the fastest uh, cage matches I've seen. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's got to be the fastest. got to be the fastest. Yeah. I have no yeah. doubt this is the shortest cage match. Yeah, what a way yeah. to end the show. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Schiavone. Way to end the show Tony Schiavone match. says that WCW has made a statement with Luger winning and uh, the whole show in professional wrestling. This was a weird show. So, what kind of state? Well, what kind of statement? statement? Right. Luger won professional wrestling. <laughs> no, he didn't. Tony Schiavone said it. <laughs> what Fuck. fucking Schiavone? What, what kind of statement it. is that? <laughs> oh god! Overall, the statement is, guys, we're sorry. Overall, we I thought it was a good show. show. I'm still fascinated really? by PN News. I wish Van Hammer had a match. And I just cannot For fuck's sake. And I cannot believe Black Blood existed. <laughs> he almost decapitated a dude. Yeah. And that's we about got all to I got El to say Higante about that. Cell punches hey. with his weird facial expressions. Hey, matches yeah. where people can almost die. That's WCW 101 that we have learned here on Drunk Wrestling History. That's true. Like a few months later, they had a fucking electric yeah. chair. That's right. They did. Yeah. And we got to see a speak and spell in action at this pay-per-view. <laughs> Overall, it was okay. a good show. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Stop your lying. A, Stop trying a to good play show face. to watch uh, if you got a drink in your hand. Also, really, really quick. Yes. Um, so I remember this. Last year, we, rec- uh, we had a recording session the week of St. Patrick's Day. And I suggested a drinking game for the ECW episode do it, I'd say, like, do a shot every time uh, Joey Styles said Irish whip. Because he practically says that all show. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, this is the week of St. Patrick's Day, a few days after. I say take a shot whenever you hear someone say, ladies and gentlemen. Whether it's the ring announcer or JR and Tony Schiavone. Just my suggestion. Good luck, audience. I'll do it. I'll do a drinking game on the show. I don't care. <laughs> and then also show ended with the biggest uh, pyro uh, presentation going off because you want to do that post show, not pre or dirt. Not pre show to warm exactly. up the crowd. Right. No, they didn't need to do that. They had a scaffold in PN News at the beginning to warm up the crowd. Oh, oh with those yeah. neon trunks, that's fireworks in itself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's take it home. <laughs> that is the Great American Bash 1991. Baltimore had such a gem in their hands on this one. Let us know what you think about uh, this episode that we've given you, as well as what you thought of the Great American Bash. Also, if you try that drinking game, tell us uh, how you lasted, but make sure that you do it in a safe and proper manner 
We're assholes, not scoundrels. Um, and yeah, that takes care of it. And uh, leave us uh, reviews on all the social media platforms. Any constructive criticism, uh, we will uh, take those into heart so that we could continue having this great drunken wrestling adventure for all of you. In the meantime, with Eddie and with Scott, I'm Adam just reminding you to please continue your safety protocols uh, to enjoy buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, and drink like nobody is watching. Have a great American day, everyone. One, two, three. Ring that bell. Cheers. Get your ass vaccinated.
saying? Oakland, Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, the whole New York City. I said I love you to death, so you don't stop. And you don't quit, you got to keep on until the do it like this. You don't stop, and you don't quit, you got to keep on and on and on. 